Hello, this is longtime Milwaukee radio personality Steve Pallack. Stand by, your next episode is queued up. The on air light is lit. It's season five of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. My name is Jim Martin, along with our panel today. This is our special Tour de France preview podcast. I'm not going to introduce my co-host right away because he's part of the panel. So we'll just go around uh, around the room, so to speak. First of all, we have a uh, marble racing enthusiast. Will Beyer is here with us and also uh, actually a longtime bike racing enthusiast. Also, Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Glad good to, to see you. Here. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we have my co-host on the Bait and Switch podcast, which is Chris Beyer. He, uh, he's done a little biking now and then in the past. Um, claims to have biked up some hills in uh, France on the Tour de France course. That's, you know, there's no visual proof, but, you know, that's what he says. <laughs> hey, Chris, how's it going? Doing good. In fact, uh, one of the climbs are going up this year, uh, the most famous Altuez I've been up on the bike. Yeah, that's what he keeps saying. Okay. Yeah, so. actually, you know what, there, actually, you know what? There is visual proof. As the uh, as the tour passed by on TV, on ESPN or whatever it was at the time, uh, you see me and my brother on the roadside. Um, not long after the show, Armstrong, he went by us, but we were on oh, the really? tour. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to check the uh, check the replay on that. Okay. So, <laughs> Mitch Tyke is here with us. Right now, his current position is station manager of North Country Public Radio, upstate New York. Previously, the host for Lake Effect on NPR here in Milwaukee, and also a biking enthusiast. He is, uh, he's been with us for what, all of the panels, I think, right? Five? <laughs> is this number five, Chris? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I have not made a, a good choice yet. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Mitch. My key is Mitch. I'll tell you a real little secret. I just picked the one with the coolest name. So go with that. All right. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being here. Finally, we have a uh, former professional cyclist. Tom Schuler is with us today. Tom has, uh, has been recently organizing the tour of America's Dairyland. Uh, for what is that? The last, what, Tom? Last, tell me how long that's been. Yeah. This, this was our 13th edition. And right, uh, Sunday after 11 days of frantic racing, we had a really strong event this year. And yeah, this was our 13th edition. Fantastic. That's what I thought. Yeah, because 2009. Right, right, right. And he was also the 1987 U.S. Pro National Road Champion and a member of uh, Tour de France team himself. So thanks for being here, Tom. We appreciate it. Great to be here again. Again. One more time. Yeah, Tom, this is what? Is this your third? Yeah, probably. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So always exciting. We really miss uh, Lake Effect. So, Mitch, uh, (laughs) I'm going to tune in to... uh, North country, North country. Yes, yes. My show up here is my show up here is called First Person. <laughs> First Person. Okay, I got it. Great. Is that also your blog, Mitch? Uh, yes, blog? I, I okay. write a I write a weekly column called First Person as well. Nice, nice, very nice. Okay, well, so why are we here? Well, the I uh, alluded to this already, or actually talked about it, but the 109th Tour de France starts this Friday, July 1st. Starts in Denmark. Uh, for the first three stages and then heads to France, finishing up on Sunday, July 24th in Paris. Everybody's favorite, 
is the winner of the last two editions. Tade Pojikar from the UAE team has, uh, has won, you know, and, and I'm just going to, again, preface this like I do every year. I'm going to butcher these names. I don't follow cycling. These guys all do. It's kind of part of the fun for me is, you know, to try to figure out how to say all these names. But uh, so Tade Pojikar. Chris, how did I, how'd I do? You did pretty good. I, I put that out phonetically there for you. you, did. you yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think right. he actually spelled his name like this. So, yeah. <laughs> Tade Pojikar is from Slovenia. He's on the UAE team. And like you said, he's won the last two editions. Very young rider. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to start with uh, some questions here. I'm going to yeah. start with Tom. Uh, Tom, at the end of his career, do you think Tade will be considered the best cyclist since Eddie Merckx? Uh, that is a really intriguing question um he's on that trajectory he's i think ahead of where Merckx has been was at that age and um he seems to be he showed this spring in the in the spring classics he's an all-around rider he rode some of the cobbled classics very effectively and he rode some of the hilly uh, ardennes classics very effectively so he he shows he <laughs> he's showing he has the ambition to be an all-rounder so um, if, if I'm a betting person, uh, I'm going to say yes. Okay. I have a follow-up question for you. Will he win all five monuments? I have to say no on that one. Um, it's too, too difficult in the day of specialization. Um, it's just too hard to win mo- you know, Milan San Remo to get it right. It's all about timing. And then uh, those cobbled classics are tough. You know, he will win. Has he won Liege? He has won Liege best on the edge, right? Yep, he's won Liege and Lombardy. So he's won two out of five. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's another uh, good bet to wager on. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that he'll win Flanders. He almost won this year. Uh, like you said, Milan San Remo, that's one of the biggest lottery races out there in terms of, uh, you know, getting it right. Like you said, either in the breakaway or the sprint. And then the one everybody always is concerned about is Pierre Roubaix. Uh, you know, will he be too light for that? Uh, will he be beat by the specialists? Uh, we'll find out, but I think he's, he's the type of cyclist that will want the challenge. To win all five monuments, and we'll see if that happens. Let's go on to my son, Will. Will, uh, the team uh, with the second and third favorites on the list is uh, Jumbo Visma. They've got uh, Primoz Roglic, again from Slovenia, and uh, Binigo. I forget his first name. His first name Jonas. is Jonas. Jonas, Jonas Binigo uh, from Denmark. Uh, so, can their team strength overcome Pojikar? Uh I'm going to be honest, no. I don't think uh, the team strength, the second and third favorites on the same team are going to be enough. Uh, it's already shown in previous years. Obviously, last year, Roglic and uh, Vinigo were on the same team in the tour. Uh, Roglic crashed out pretty early on, so it was pretty much just Vinigo, and that was his breakout performance. But he still only got, what, second, I believe, right? Well, only, only. <laughs> this is pretty good. I mean, I've never ridden the Tour de France, but I'm just saying it's not first. Um, but <laughs> high bar, high bar for Will. Win or go home. <laughs> I mean, you're you're the one asking if you know uh, Pogacar is going to beat Roglic and Vinigo, and I think he will. Um, also, 
um, in 2020, was it the year that Roglic uh, lost on the final day to yep. Pogacar? Second, the second day. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Roglic is gonna be in the same form he has been in previous tours. He crashed out of the last one, and I don't, I don't know. Okay. Uh, and Vinigo still a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure about him. I'm not sure. All right, I have a, uh, a follow-up question, as I will for all of these, so I'll just stop telling you that I have one. Um, so uh, my question is, uh, you know, Vinigo has looked stronger lately, right? But do you think uh, Roglic is getting too old to ever win the Tour? I think it's getting to that threshold. He's, mm-hmm. what, 35? Uh, 32, maybe? Oh, well, I'm not yeah, sure. I, yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. 32? Um, I mean, obviously, people have won the tour at older ages. I believe Garrett Thomas and Chris Broom, right? Um, but Roglic's de- uh, form has been decreasing lately. I think, you know, with the last tour, he crashed out. With the 2020 tour, he lost on the final day in a time trial, right? Which is a strong suit. I think his form is deteriorating, and I don't think he's going to be able to uh, ride at the same level he needs to to win. Well, that's that's bad news for me because I picked Roglic the last two tours, hoping he'd win. I always kind of like when the slightly older guys, you know, get paid off for for being good for a long time. And I'm a little worried uh, what Wilt said that it might be true. It might be uh, he might be a little too old to win the tour. This might be his last real chance. And I probably said that last year too. All right, Mitch. Teams overtly working together against each other against another team or a rider is prohibited. Do you think the teams could or would covertly work against UAE or is that impossible because teams have their own goals? Uh, That's a great question. And um, I I guess it wouldn't shock me if teams were underhandedly or, or, you know, um, covertly, uh, working together, but, uh, but I think you've got it right there. I think, um, so many teams have, uh, their own goals that are set sort of far before they get to, uh, they get to the tour itself, um, that they're probably less likely to, to shift gears in the middle and, uh, and join forces. There's so many moving parts that go into, uh, into the tour. And, you know, to, to go back to the, the previous question, you know, all it takes is one key rider to get injured and, um, a team's, uh, you know, that's, I think that's the, that's the thing that might get Primo's Roglic, uh, tour victory this year is if for some reason, um, Tade has a really bad day or, you know, he uh, it's raining and he hits the cobbles in the wrong way and breaks a wrist. I think, you know, it's uh, it's it's anybody's tour at that point. Um, and like I said, there's there's so many different moving parts that are in a tour that uh, there may be hopes that. You know, Movistar works together with uh, Yumbo to to combat uh, UAE. But um you know, what might be strategy in stage three might be completely different by stage seven or eight. So let me ask you this, Mitch, in your opinion, what would constitute unfair play uh, regarding working together? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I worked long and hard to come up with that one. So <laughs> what would constitute unfair play? I think, um, 
unfair play. You know, I, I, I think the, the, the classic case of unfair play is, um, you know, when somebody has a mechanical and, uh, the, um, and, other riders use that to their advantage, um, especially if it's in a key part of the race. Um, I don't know that, uh, that teams can, you know, join forces to, to do something like that. That's more of a spur of the moment decision. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I guess I don't have a really great answer for what would uh, constitute teams working together unfairly, uh, off the top of my head. Actually, well, let me ask Tom this. Tom, you're a, you're an organizer of a race. You've been involved in professional cycling. Has there ever been controversies in regards to teams working against another team? Has that ever come up in your races or in your experience? It's um, it's near impossible to prove unless there's a money uh, payoff involved. In other words, um, I'll sell you this race. There, you know, three two riders in a breakaway, and they they you can win the race, but you have to pay me money. That kind of collusion is strictly forbidden it's very hard to show what working how you define working together because the other team says we were working to protect our sixth place rider or we were working to uh keep everything together for our sprinter but going back to the idea of uh Tade Pojakar's team um you know the pattern that we had for about the last 10 years is uh the Sky team the the Ineos team is so strong with with their support riders. They've never they never bring a sprinter that they ride on the front, and everyone just says, "Well, the race is going to be dictated by Ineos or Sky for Chris Froome or Bradley Wiggins or Garrett Thomas." And that's kind of how it's played out. That we're not seeing that yet with the UAE team, right? So they have a they've loaded up. They don't have a sprinter on their roster. And they've, they've gotten stronger. There's one American, Brandon McNulty, on the team that's clearly a support rider. But Pojakar hasn't needed that yet. At some point, he's such a prohibitive favorite right now. At some point, early days, the other teams are going to say, why are we helping? Why are we going to help them today when we're going to get clobbered on, you know, the second day in the mountains? So that's an example of it's not, it's not collusion. But it's everyone knows that he's the rider to beat. And if they can make them right on the front, get rid of some of those support riders like Rafael Micah early so he won't be there on the important days, then they can get him isolated. But you start doing that on uh, day one. So I don't know if that's collusion, but it's certainly in everyone's mind that we didn't know how to crack the code with Sky and Ineos, you know, when they were so dominant. And they don't have a, their their uh, blue chip leader right now, you know. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. They don't have that, you know. But at least there is a blue chip winner in Tadi Pojakar. But not, I don't think he's got a blue chip team. Who do you, Tom? Who do you think the team leader at at Ineos is this year? So yeah, I just I did review those the rosters, and I gotta say it's um, Garrett Thomas and Yates, those two. But um, I was looking back at. You know, I've tried to watch every build-up race, and as the Tour of America's Dairyland got close, I had to suspend <laughs> the Tour de Suisse with a couple of days to go. Garrett Thomas won the Tour de Suisse on the final time trial. But, you know, you have one-third of the contenders there. Pojakar wasn't there. Um, uh, uh, 
that or Slovenia wasn't Roglic. there. Roglic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were doing other races. You know, uh, uh, Pojakar killed everyone in the um, Tour of Slovenia. My point is that, that you know, Garrett Thomas looked good, but did he look good enough relative to the, the true favorites? Um, but I would say Thomas is, is you know, a Cinderella favorite. Uh, Yates and possibly uh, Danny Martinez had a really good race. I want to say it's Switzerland. He was fourth. He was fourth in one of the build-up races. A little bit of a surprise. Will needs to look up that detail. Where did Danny <laughs> Martinez get? And I don't think it was Romany, but I think it was Swiss or the Dauphiné. That's a good sign. And, you know, that's what's so important about these build-up races. Not only shows where their form are, form is, it shows the intentions of the teams. And they have, they have cast their leaders in these build-up races. And if that leader delivered and had good form, then it shows that, yep, we're perfect. We've got two weeks to go before the tour. Uh, we're right where we want to be. Nice. So, um, Tom, uh, a handful of years ago at the tour, Adam Yates came in fourth. Do you think that's the highest he'll ever get? Another great question. The Yates have been so close, so close, you know, with the Giro. I don't know if it was Adam or the other Yates. Uh, I think it was, I think it was Simon. It was Simon. Yeah. I mean, they're so good and they're maybe it's the third week of a grand tour that just is, is not their cup of tea. Um, yeah, yeah. In the Tour de France, I think that's a good bet that 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 Adam Yates won't be any higher than fourth. But again, you know, Ineos has to come in with a different plan because they don't have a clear favorite uh, that they're backing 100. percent So it could be could be Thomas, could be Yates, could be uh, Danny Martinez. Well, speaking of France, the Tour de France, that is. Uh, let's talk about the French, the Frenchman here. Uh, France as a country really don't have a big GC favorite ranked in the top 10 in the current betting odds. So I'm going to ask my son, which one of the following do you think is going to finish highest on GC for the country of France? Is it going to be me and him call him G-Mart, Guillaume Martin, uh, Pinot, uh, Thibaut Pinot from FDJ, uh, Roman Bardet from DSM, or maybe Gadu from FDJ. So which one of those four do you think is, or another one, if you got another Frenchman to think finish higher, who are you picking as your highest French finish, finisher? Uh, you know, I've been a Bardet believer for a long time. Uh, when I've been watching cycling, I've been cheering for Bardet. I'm going to put him as the highest finishing on GC for France. Obviously, uh, he was in the Giro. He was doing amazing. And then what? He got ill, I think. Yeah, he had an intestinal problem. Yeah, intestinal problems. Can't bike with that, obviously. So Bardet <laughs> had to pull out, and um, it was really disappointing for me. But you know, maybe he can show his great form as of recent in the Tour de France. You know what? I'm going to steal Jim's follow-up question here because I got to talk to my son right here. Bardet, I think he might have made it public along with, say, Pinot, that they might be going for stages and or the King of the Mountains. So. Do you really think Bardet is going to go for GC? And in light of what I just said, who do you think is going to win the King of the Mountains? Um, I don't know. I'd say for Bardet, obviously the GC will be tempting. You know, Frenchman at the Tour de France, of course, he's want to, going to want to, you know, place high. I will say it's going to be tempting, but if he does publicly state that he's going for the King of the Mountains in stages, I guess, you know, he's very good at that as well. I guess I believe him on that front. Um, 
And yeah, he's a good contender for the King of the Mountains. Obviously, in the past few years, I think it's just gone to the winner of the Tour de France. Yeah, I think uh, Tadej Pogacar has won the last two, if I'm not mistaken. Mitch? I think uh, Bardet won two or three years ago. Uh, he last, kind of... Maybe he won last year. I, I think Pogacar won last year. but I'm, Yeah, I'm I think not... you're right. Pogacar won last year. Um but uh, Bardet, there was a year, a couple of years ago, when his uh, GC hopes fell apart. But uh, but he salvaged it with uh, with winning King of the Mountains. Well, Mitch, uh, let's let's have you talk about the Americans, and maybe we'll have uh, Tom chime in on this question as well. The biggest names in American cycling currently are probably Sepkus mm-hmm. on Yumbo and Brandon McNulty on UAE. Both are going to be domestiques and uh, helping their uh, leaders on GC with GC duties, uh, which one of those riders do you think will finish highest some year in the future at the tour and how high will that be? I could see, uh, I, I, I see, uh, really good things for Sepkus. Um, I could imagine him, uh, continuing to pay his dues as a domestique, uh, on Yumbo Visma. Um, but, um, I, you know, it, it strikes me that, he could be an American that a team builds its uh, GC hopes around, um, uh, if not in the tour, certainly in one of the other uh, one of the other grand tours. But uh, but Sepkus has been really um, kind of a a rock solid domestique for a good two or three years now, and uh, I would uh, I would definitely put his name. Um, atop that list so, as far as uh, are you taking Sepkus over McNulty as the highest GC of the tour in the future? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Brandon McNulty, um, it's easy. It's easy to imagine either one of them, um, place a, I, I, I don't know that either of them is necessarily a grand tour winner in the future, but I, you know, I could certainly see one of the two of them in, uh, in top five position. Yeah. Um, so the six Americans are, as you mentioned, Brandon McNulty and Sepp Kuz, clearly working for the two strongest leaders in uh, Pojikar and, um, and Roglic. Roglic. Um, next up, you have uh, an outright leader, uh, Nielsen Paulus. You know, he is a leader on EF. So this is interesting They've been protecting him all spring. He's been protected. He just finished, I think, fourth in the Tour de Suisse. Um, so he and he 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 was getting dropped at the very end of those the, the final climbs by the the you know uh, roguelike, but he showing that he's he's building towards you know a, a hopeful podium at a Grand Tour. So this is interesting. The it, it completely different. You won't see much of him the whole race until he's going to stay hidden the whole race. Whereas Brandon and, um, and Sepp Kuss are going to be out front as soon as they hurt the mountains. The other three, uh, Quinn Simmons, Matteo Jorgensen and Kevin Vermark have basically a free hand. Both uh, Jorgensen and Vermark rode very well. I think it was in Swiss just two weeks ago. And Quinn Simmons has been riding well all year. So we're going to have those three guys, I'm sure, going for stages. I don't think um, DSM or um, Jorgensen is on uh, 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 the Spanish team, Valverde's team. What the, uh, Mo- Movistar. Movistar. 
Again, I'm getting old, you guys. I can't remember. <laughs> but it, he's uh, – I don't think they'll – either of those guys will ride for GC, but they'll try to gain the experience in the high mountains because they both look like they're they're good GC riders and they're going in the right direction. So we have six Americans. I think the most we've ever had on the tour uh, back in the Christian Vandeveld days was about 11, which was pretty amazing. But six is healthy, and, we've again, we've got um, – three or four are relatively new ones, you know, but I'm really interested to see how Nielsen Paulus uh, evolves this year because he's had a really perfect buildup from what I can tell. Um, and do, is, am I wrong? Is, uh, is uh, Joe Dombrowski also riding the tour this year? I he's think not. He is. He's not. I, I look, unless, unless I looked at it at a start list, I didn't look at yours, Chris, but I looked at one that I just uh, searched the internet and I didn't see Joe on the, on the list. Uh, uh, let me ask you, uh, Tom, all the riders, the American riders that we talked about, have any of them ever raced in an edition of Toad? Very good question. Um, not Sepp, not Brandon, not Nielsen, uh, not Quinn. Quinn's been close. Quinn, where did Quinn No, Did he ride the junior nationals? I don't think so. Um, I don't think he rode here as a junior. It's possible he rode Toad as a junior because uh, anyway, he was on, and Jorgensen and Vermark, I don't think so. I think they had a very European route to where they are today. Uh, Matteo Jorgensen, didn't he grow up in Italy or something? And Kevin Vermark, I don't know that much about. I don't think so, Chris. Okay. All right, Jim. We're going to move on to the, uh, our predictions, Chris. Uh, we're going to go down. Well, the next page is talking about the green jersey. Right. Exactly. Yep. 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 So, uh, so we're going to talk about who you guys think will win the green jersey. So let's start with Tom. What do you think? So uh, I made some notes, but clearly the battle I want to see is uh, Van Art and Vanderpool. Um, I didn't think Vanderpool was starting because he rode the Giro. So this is a big, big ask to ride so early in his career to ride two grand tours and he rode the Giro hard. He was going for stage after stage and breakaway or at breakaway. So that had to uh, take at least two years off his life. They like to say a grand tour takes one year off your life. I think that grand tour took two years off his life. So that's the battle I want to see. And the other contenders for me are uh, Caleb Ewan and Michael Matthews uh, uh, could get in there. But when, you know, if, if Wout Van Aert or, or Vanderpool is on form, you know, you're not, uh, Wout Van Aert is my favorite, but I want to see the, the battle and the jersey going back and forth between Vanderpool and, and Wout Van Aert. Nice. Nice. Well, what about you? What do you think? Um, I'd say my obvious choice, you know, you got your obvious choice and a more niche choice. Sure. My obvious choice is most likely Matthews. Um, he's, you know, obviously he's not the best, uh, large group sprinter. He's not really going to get, be getting too many points from that. He can get, you know, fifth, sixth, get some points from that, but he's going to be outpacing, uh, sprinters on, you know, hillier stages. Those are his forte. And he, he usually goes specifically for the green jersey. He's won it in years past. And so I believe he has the determination to win it again. Um, more niche pick. I'd say maybe not niche, but it goes to Jakobsen for me of uh, Quick Step. Um, he's pretty much the best sprinter right now. I feel like 
Um, and he's the opposite of Matthews. He's going to be most likely winning those big group sprints. And he's probably going to get up a lot of points from that. I don't think he's going to be doing anything in the mountains, but if he makes it to the end, I think it's a pretty good bet on him. I do have one more. Michael Gogol of Alpha Z. I'm just <laughs> All right. Mitch. Well, let me, I got to wait. I got to uh, compliment Will that his two favorites are, uh, are uh, Matthews and um, Jacobson. Jacobson. Uh, and both have a, a good reason to, uh, they have the full support of their team. If you look at uh, uh, Michael Matthews team, it's built around him basically. And so that, that means it's built around the green jersey, pursuing the green jersey. And Jacobson is even, more interesting and and the media will be following that story even more because they picked him over Cavendish to ride and if Jakobsen doesn't win a stage if he doesn't produce and producing the gene winning the green jersey is producing uh there's going to be a lot of criticism from Patrick Lefevre a lot of fans will be very disappointed so Jakob a lot of pressure on Jakobsen and the whole team to support him for a couple two three stage wins and hopefully the green jersey. So I like the, both those picks, if I will. Yeah, Mitch, uh, the odds maker's favorite is Van Aert. That's uh, Tom's favorite for the green jersey, Van Aert. But, of course, there's the problem with the yellow jersey aspirations of his team leaders and his aspirations of the green jersey. Do you think that, uh, that they can go for both? Uh, do you think it's wise to go for both? Uh, do you think it's possible to go for both? Uh, well, I think, uh, if, if I knew whether it was wise to uh, go for both, um, I would be a DS, but, uh, I think they will go for both. I think, uh, what Van Art is, um, is designed to win the green jersey. I think, um, he has, uh, enough on his own that he can pursue his green jersey ambitions and the rest of the team can support, um, Primoz Roglic in his yellow jersey aspirations. Um, and, um, I, I, I have a hard time picking against Wout Van Art. Um, I will throw a little love to, uh, to Peter Sagan because the guy knows how to finish second in a stage. And, um, you know, he's made a, uh, he's made a living out of finishing second in seven or eight stages and winning a lot of intermediate sprints and being right in the mix. Uh, it's a little hard to tell what his form is going to be like after he's had his third case of COVID in 18 months. So, uh, we'll see. Um, and, uh, and I too am somewhat disappointed not to see Mark Cavendish in this, uh, edition of the, uh, of the tour because i think it would have been uh, pretty exciting especially considering he's the reigning green jersey holder you know well, these guys uh, get, these guys kind of start understanding that i'm starting to finally get to know some of these guys <laughs> and cavendish was one of these guys now they took him away now i gotta <laughs> come up with some a whole new guys uh, to learn about so yeah <laughs> well you know what i'm gonna move on here to uh the gc here finally the betting odds i'll give you the top top 10 in the betting odds here right now currently Pojicar, Roglic, Vinigo, Martinez, Danny Martinez from Ineos, Blasov, a rider we haven't talked about yet, from Bora, Aaron Thomas, Adam Yates, both of those are Ineos riders. Ben O'Connor, last year's fourth-place finisher, is the eighth favorite right now. Enrique Moss is the ninth favorite, and Jack Haig is the tenth favorite from Bahrain. Mm. So, um, first question uh, I want each of you guys to pick one rider and one rider only. Name a rider not listed in the top ten that you will that will finish the highest. We'll start with Tom. I'm going to go from one of my perennial favorites, and it's uh, Jakob Fuglesang. 
Uh, he just had a really nice race. I think it was in Suisse, one of the recently completed races. And he looks very relaxed. He had his uh, daughter up on stage. Um, he's never podiumed at the tour. I, I like, I've always liked his sort of relaxed. Maybe he's not going to ride with as much panache, which will save him some energy and he'll get through three weeks in the top 10. I, I, I pick him for the top 10. Uh, Mitch, how about you? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Guillaume Martin of uh, Cofidis, who I think is a perennial, uh, strong mountains guy and uh, good enough in the flats and in the kind of lumpy stages that uh, I don't see him challenging for the overall GC, but I see him challenging for eighth or ninth place uh, easily. Okay, well, Will, how about you? Who do you got? Um, I'm going to have to say maybe uh, David Gaudu of FDJ, Frenchman. Uh, I'd say, you know, out of the two Frenchmen on the FDJ squad that could go for DC, Pinot and Gaudu, obviously, you asked me that question before. I think Gaudu would be the better of those two. And overall, I was looking at this list. I was struggling to find people, you know, these top 10 are just very strong and... I'd say, yeah, I'd say Gaudu is my favorite out of those. He can attack. He can stick with the bunch. He's young. Uh, he doesn't seem to get into too many crashes, so he's usually pretty safe. And he's usually fairly good on his own, so he doesn't really need a lot of team support. And I'd say that makes him reliable. Okay, so before we go on to uh, our predictions here for the podium, uh, one last question for our panel here. Each 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 uh, panelist here. I want you to pick one other rider that you think our listeners should know about or should look out for. Tom, what rider do you want to mention that hasn't been mentioned yet? Hmm. I need to. I'm going to go with Nielsen Paulus. Oh, we have talked about him, but not in the top ten. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the American. Uh, that's my American favorite. I'm going to. I'm a Nielsen Paulus fan. Uh, he, just one. Just one. This this is your rider. This is the one to watch out for. Nielsen Paulus finished fourth at Swiss. You think he can be a GC guy? How high up do you think he can finish? Right around that tenth tenth slot. Okay. He's still not on the radar. Obviously, the the odds makers. He's still not on their radar yet because he hasn't done it in the Grand Tour, and he and he's he's still up and coming. But as you know, we we've known about him a little bit, and they're protecting him so. You know he's uh, he's been planning for an assault on the tour for over a year. Okay. Well, Mitch, how about you? I'll go over to Bora Hansgrow and uh, point to Alexander Vlasov, who uh, had himself a pretty strong Tour de Suisse. And um, Bora has kind of uh, put together, I think, a pretty strong group of people in support of him. They've got uh, Patrick Conrad and Felix Grosschartner and a number of other folks. And um, uh, again, I don't see Vlasov necessarily uh, challenging for the GC, but I think he could uh, find his way into the top 10. Okay. And, uh, Will, uh, just a question. Is this specifically on GC or is this just, no, this is just anybody you want to talk about. Okay. Um, I'm going to go over to 82R, talk about Cosmopol. He, if Alphilippe, another prominent French writer is like a deluxe pizza, pizza place, Cosmopol is the fancy pizza hut. You know, (laughs) he's just, you know, a tiny bit worse and tiny bit less well known, but obviously Alphilippe is not going to be 
in this tour and Cosmopha is. He's a very uh he's very good at adaptation. He can, you know, climb over hills and attack. He's shown that in past races and he's a Frenchman, so I think he has the um determination. So to, when, obviously uh he'll be a stage hunter, you think? Yeah. Um possibly, possibly um You're not saying G C No, no, I'm okay. not saying G C. I'm saying possibly King of the Mountains, maybe. Okay. Um I could see him I guess maybe not in the high mountains, no, but I could see him holding on to it for like a few days, maybe at a time early First week or so. Yeah. Yeah. A- am I mistaken? Do, have you, have you talked about, uh, I, I feel like, uh, Gaudu and Cosnefois are the two guys in the Peloton with glasses. Yeah, it could be. Yep. Yep. They both have glasses. Yep. <laughs> they both have very more, distinctive right? French glasses. Yep. <laughs> and I like, I like Will, you know, protecting the often maligned and uh, criticized French. So, Will, you've, you've supported Gadu and uh, Cosnefois and uh, uh, Pino and Bardet. So thank you for, for propping them up yet again. My pleasure. Merci. We <laughs> <laughs> oui, oui. all, all right, guys. It's, uh, it's the time everybody's been waiting for. It's now time to pick your podium. And mm. we're going to start with Tom tonight. So, you know, I, I hate to pick the favorites, but um, I think Primos is not is not going to make it. Um, I agree with Will on that. I think Vindigo will be elevated, but he's not going to be able to overcome uh, Tade. So it's going to be Pojakar, uh, Vindigo, and then I haven't really thought about third, but um, let's go with, uh, who do I like, you know? Who are the favorites? Um, uh, the the uh, other other prominent Logan. favorites would be Garrett Thomas, Danny Martinez, Vlasov. Pick someone from Ineos, and you'll probably be correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sentimentally, I'd like to see Thomas on the podium. He would be happy. Thomas would be very happy with third. So I'm gonna go with po- uh, Pojakar, Indigo, and Thomas. All right, Will. How about you? You're up next. Um, I think number one, it's not even going to be a contest in my opinion. It's going to be Pogacar. I think we've already talked him up enough. He needs no introduction. Second, I think is most likely going to be Vinigo, a repeat from last year. Gacha Vinigo one, two. Third, probably going to stick with what I just said. Ineos, safe bet at third. I'm going to, I think Thomas, did he win, uh, Swiss or Yes. Um, yeah, he did win Swiss, but I'm not sure if, you know, it really sticks from the Swiss to Tour de France, obviously. And I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Yates. I know both Yates twins have had difficulties in the third week, but both of them are very aggressive riders. And I think, uh, with Pogacar, I think that's a very nice compliment for him. Okay. That sounds good. Um, all right, uh, Mitch. You're up next in the right, hot well, seat. I, well, I'm going to start by saying I would very much like to uh, to take a whole lot of money and start a multicolored bicycle kit um, uh, shop and call it tie-dye Pogachar. Um, <laughs> uh, and I've been saving that one for the entire uh, episode here. But yeah, I too can't. I, mean, I, I don't know how you could pick against Tade Pogachar. Um, so I put Pogachar on the top step. I am going to uh, put an Ineos rider on the second step uh, and say it's going to be Danny Martinez. 
And then I'll go with uh, Jonas Vingago uh, as the third place. As much as I would like to pick a sentimental favorite like uh, Roman Bardet. All right, Chris, last but not least. What do you got? All right. Well, everybody has picked the obvious. I got to, somebody's got to, somebody's got to mix it up here a little bit. I think for the third year straight, I'm going to pick Roglic. I want, I want Roglic to win the tour before he retires. I said last year was his last chance. He's, he's, he's too long in the tooth. He's not the strongest rider in his own team, but I'm going to pick him. I'm going to pick him for the top step. Who knows what's going to happen? A lot of miles around France. There's, Mechanicals, there there's crashes, there's all sorts of stuff that a lot, can happen. A lot of things happen. A lot of things happen. Usually they don't, unfortunately. <laughs> usually, usually the usually unfortunately. unfortunately in the sense that the favorites <laughs> tend to win too often. It, it sometimes uh, these are, especially during the Armstrong years, after about the first five days, you knew it was over in your head. You knew mm-hmm. the race was over. And yeah. um and so I like something with a little bit more uh suspense. I don't think Roglic is going to win, but I'm going to pick him on my top step, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to try and pick riders that you guys have not picked. I will pick Vlasov in second. Vlasov has looked strong. He's he's just getting over COVID, so that's a problem. But I'll pick Vlasov for second, and the third rider that I'll pick that nobody has picked. How about Tommy Vokler? Yeah, he's not even in the race. Let's see. Um, Google. I'm yeah, gonna, yeah, I've been saying it. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with, uh, for my third pick, I will pick, I'll pick uh, Ben O'Connor. Ben O'Connor got in fourth last year. He did it on the back of a break, but he's been hanging with the GC guys here more lately and staying with that front group and not relying on being in the break. And uh, he had a breakthrough last year. You know, what's, uh, what's saying he can't move it up one step? All right. Yeah, Chris, Chris, you didn't go with the favorites, but if you win, you're going to score a lot of money because you know, <laughs> yeah. you've got long odds on that podium. Right, right. Imagine the trifecta on that thing. What are the odds? That? <laughs> so um, I, I'm going to throw in my picks here. Right. And uh, as I mentioned before, I have a strategy. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit outside of that strategy for my winner because Sylvie's not here this year. And I'm going to pick her all-time favorite guy, I think, or at least the guy I think about, Garrett Thomas is going to be number one on the podium for, for, uh, for Sylvie. So there, I'll write down Garrett Thomas. And uh, number two, uh, I'm going to pick, um, let's see, it's a tough call. Unfortunately, Tade Pogachar has a really cool name and, you know, also the favorite. So it's like, I'm struggling. I'm going to go with him second, Pogachar second. And, uh, and then, um, Roglic, I'll go third because that's another, another cool name. And, Honorable mention is probably going to be like um, Vinigo is kind of cool. Uh, honorable mention would have to be, uh, yeah, I guess Vinigo would be honorable mention. But, you know, from all the cool names you guys have mentioned in here. Um, but that's so that's what I'm going with. So there you go. I'm putting no money on that at all, by the way. <laughs> so we all know that. All right, guys. Well, this is uh, that that is the culmination of our Tour de France preview podcast that we always, you know, end with a high note, something like that. And um, thanks, guys, for joining us. Tom, Mitch, Will, Chris, thanks for being here. And uh, we'll see how everything goes. I always feel like we should do, like, kind of a follow-up on this, but we never do. But uh, maybe this year. Maybe this year will change. But thanks, thanks for doing this. Five years running now. It's a, it's a fun little thing that we do, and I know you guys have a have a large biking audience that listens to this. So. And, and Jim, you know, I think you're the only one that has written down the picks. Yep. I, I didn't write them down. So 
if there's anyone that's going to follow up and, and see who won the trifecta, it's going to be you. There you go. So there uh, you go. <laughs> I'd love to see which one of the five of us uh, won all the money. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. Um, big money. So, yeah, right. The big money. That's right. Big all right. Money. Well, good night, everybody. And uh, our panel hang around once we end the podcast. So thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thanks, thanks so much guys. for having us. Yep. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast when we talk with friend and returning guest, Andy Donahue. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.